Hello there. These are the Tales Vinyl Tells. I'm Brian Hallgren. Here on Tales Vinyl Tells, play some album cuts and bring you some artists that you might or might not know. And I'll share some history and even do some storytelling from the late 60s toward today. Albums that are also known as long-playing records, LPs, or vinyls are making a big comeback and have been for some time now. Some of mine date back to over 50 years ago. My album collection dwindled, but it was saved by my good friend David about 20 years ago, and I've been fortunate enough to get them back, and now I'm sharing them with you, along with other tunes from other sources. So these are the tales that a vinyl album tells. It's Tales Vinyl Tells. You have seen the heavy groups. Now you will see morning maniac music. Believe me, yeah. It's a new dawn.
no matter where you are, what time it is, or whatever state of mind you're in, it's always morning maniac music. The airplane at Woodstock 51 years ago this month. And it's a new episode of Tales Vinyl Tales in stereo. It's better in stereo. And it's episode number 18 now. And hello. Well, the airplane was performer number 14 playing Sunday morning at 7 a.m. They played for an hour and 45 minutes. And with Nicky Hopkins on piano, they had Marty Ballin, Grace Slick, Paul Kantner, Spencer Dryden, Yorma Kokonen, and Jack Cassidy in a memorable performance. As Grace said, Believe me, yeah, it's a new dawn. And it is a new episode of Tales Vinyl Tales. So tell me, how are you right now? Well, it's great to get together again, you and I, to hear some of the greatest music from the late 60s and early 70s, mostly. My personal LPs are telling some stories today, as always, and today we're going to hear from King Crimson, Bob Dylan, Spirit, and two that played a big part in the revolution and evolution of South Florida underground album rock radio and counterculture. We have on the phone today Mike Zyre, who calls himself the midwife of radio station WMUM Palm Beach, the progressive album rock underground FM station positioned on Lake Worth Beach, Florida, birth date March 1st, 1970. Yeah, Mike was there before the beginning. He played a major role in getting WMUM birthed and on the air. He got albums in Miami from the distributors, and actually, he was the first live announcer and jock on Mother. But we're going to let him tell his story today. Now, before I went to work on the AM side, my brother Bruce was already working on the afternoon drive show on radio station WQXT on Lake Worth Beach. He encouraged me to come work at the station, so we wound up splitting the two 18-hour weekend days together. And the program director at the time, Pete Rinker, called us the Stellar Hallgren Brothers. Well, I hope you'll enjoy our trip into the past today, and maybe you can put some of the things of today aside, just for a little while, and hear more about the tales Vinyl Tells. Hello once again, it's Tales Vinyl Tells, and our interview with a friend of ours again. Welcome to you, Mike Zyre. Hey, Brian. Hey, good, good, good to have talk you here to you again. Yeah, you too. We have had a couple conversations recently, including just before this uh, interview started here. But uh, you and I worked together back at that incredible radio station over on Lake Worth Beach. Uh, yep. W. Well, it was actually WWOS and WQXT and the mother of it all, WMUM. Yep, which uh, uh, took over from WWOS, the wonderful world of stereo, mm. the revolution. Yeah, that was really quite a. It was quite an experience, but uh, you know, in some of the some of the exchanges that you and I have had, we talked about how incredible the sound system was in that in that uh, FM control room. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. a, it was a killer. The whole idea of WWOS was to feed the, 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 the wealthier people of Palm Beach with some 
easy listening music. You know, in classical music in the evening, and uh, then on weekends they had the uh, Metropolitan Opera, and also they did a uh, they had a play by play of the uh, polo uh, matches. They did live uh, live broadcasting of the polo matches, and you were at the control board, and you know, uh, people who aren't familiar with doing a remote like that as they call it you know there's a lot of controls that you run you know you bring uh advertisements in and do mm -hmm. station ids and, and all it's busy yeah, you, wait, you wait for your cue from the announcers out there uh doing the game and uh and then you you know do the uh, call letters and then if they have any commercials or uh public service announcements as was usually the case i don't think they could ever sell the polo matches as a commercial under <laughs> mm -hmm. You you did that for a while, and how how long were you actually on the air, on the FM, or in that building before the switchover? I was there about a year and a half before WMUM. Wow. Was, you know, part, part time on weekends, and a, a friend of a high school friend of mine, Chuck Corey, had gotten me the job. Hmm. He left before uh, that happened. I forget. I don't know where he went. Da 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 da. da. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Um, well, so you you were working on the FM side, and will you just tell us about you know when the transformation happened, or just you know whatever you want to tell us about that? Because I think it was incredible. Because okay, just it was, it was a series of circumstances. I uh, I was working uh, when I went to full time. Uh, I was working mornings, uh, getting in there at six a.m and uh, lifting up Bob, Bob Thomas off the ramp when he <laughs> fell down. Because uh, the uh, FM, or the AM station, WQXT, was uh, all it was news and talk. And so they did all news from six to 10. And uh, a guy named Jack Zeman was a news director. And uh, he, he, he had the perfect voice for radio and the, and, and the face for radio. He'd never work on TV. <laughs> uh, he, uh, he ended up getting a job at another radio station and left. And we, well, backtrack just a minute. Uh, so I had you know plenty of time to spare working on uh, the FM station because we just spun records. So I helped uh, write news, rewrite newspaper uh, stories for radio. And uh, so I uh, did that. And so when he Jack left it was easy for me to step into his position and they gave me the company car with the tower on top do you remember that station wagon no no okay <laughs> <laughs> wqxt all over the thing and then had a uh, had a radio tower on top it was just a, a deck a, a decoration but uh, uh that way you couldn't lose it in the parking lot but um <laughs> the uh and so i'd go up to the courthouse and uh cover uh, court cases and uh, things and we had a little press room there and I met this guy named uh, John Bancroft who worked for the Palm Beach Post and uh, he was he looked like about 16 but um, I think he, he was older I was 19 at the time and he was probably 22 uh, and yeah, they'd given him an assignment of writing about uh, the uh, doing a, a youth page and he was supposed to have a three-part questions or three questions uh, uh, concerning things that the youth would be interested in. So he was pondering what to do. And I suggested to him, well, why don't you do something about, uh, would you listen to an FM station that played rock music or longer uh, uh, album cuts and uh, uh, less talking and you know, that, you know, the concept of NUM. And uh, so he formulated the, uh, the, quest, the uh, questions and got it printed, you know, interviewed some kids and uh, it was all positive responses. And uh, so after that had been 
uh, published. I grabbed uh, three or four copies and put them on the coffee table at, uh, uh, Monday morning when I went into work, opened to that page. Mm -hmm. And uh, Carrie Bogart, who was the station manager, you know, I, my assumption is he saw that and, uh, and forwarded that up to the uh, corporate headquarters in, uh, in Massachusetts. And uh, then uh, they got the ball rolling and uh, eventually they sent, uh, I think it was Tom McMurray down, and then Jeff Fox followed him. And uh, I was running back and forth with my Volks, a 69 Volkswagen Bug to Miami visiting uh, record distributors, picking up records. I come back with a back seat full of records. Mm. And uh, that was <clears throat> always, an ex uh, the biggest problem was Columbia Records. They didn't want to do anything to for us until uh, we were on the air and actually uh, they, they knew we were real. They figured I was just coming down a rip Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I had a letter. <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, Columbia had a lot of stuff like Dylan and you know, along those lines. So you mm -hmm. really, really needed to get to them. And once we got on the air, it uh, uh, the doors opened up there. And, uh, they, they exploded. That, yeah, that, that's how it started. And then um, I think, what was it, March 1st of... Uh, 70. Yeah, 70, I think we went on the air, mm -hmm. and uh, I, uh, I on the, uh, there was a blog in the uh, it's a Limestone Lounge or something, and, mm -hmm. and I put a, uh, a question in there about uh, the first two songs that I played, <laughs> the first two songs that were played on it, and, and nobody ever did respond to that, so I still... I know what they are. <laughs> that's what I told you. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's right. But you didn't tell me which order they were played in. Well, the Thunderclap Newman was first. Mm -hmm. I figured it was. And yeah, the was, other was? And it was, you know, something in the, uh, something in the air. Uh, right. And then uh, Revolution by the Beatles. I think that, that pretty much uh, described what was happening at that, that time and day.
two tunes in order that breathed life into the amazing, controversial, progressive, and fun FM station, WMUM, from 1970. Members of Thunderclap Newman include The Who's chauffeur, bassist and guitarist Speedy Keen, Jimmy McCullough was on lead and bass, and he went on to play in Wings as well as Stone the Crows and also Andy Thunderclap Newman. Interesting piece of trivia here that Pete Townsend of The Who was on bass, calling himself Bijou Drains. <laughs> Incidentally, the call letters WMUM now belong to Georgia Public Broadcasting, serving Macon as well as Central Georgia. Now, the focus and intentions of the station, lovingly called Mother, are talked about in this segment with Mike Zier, our guest today on Tales Vinyl Tales. Great message at the beginning of the birth of mother. 
pretty incredible. Uh, now, what time of day did Mother actually go on the air? It was 6 p.m. We were starting, uh, when it first went on, it was just, it was uh, uh, 6 p.m. till midnight. And uh, maybe, maybe till two, I think till two. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did the first uh, uh, four hours and then Jeff did the uh, last four. And my big day though was Sunday because I'd come in at six and cover, uh, come in at it. I did six hours show and I would always try to think of a good theme for the whole night. Mm -hmm. And uh, one night I did, uh, they called doing a, a Rolling Stones tribute. Yeah, w when you had a library like that, you know, and I, I'm sure it was still growing at that time, but you have such a, a great selection of things to pick from. But you know, you really have to have an idea of what the music what it is, you know. Yeah. What is it you want to go to? And we weren't we weren't working on just spinning records. We were trying to put together sets of music that all tied together. Mm -hmm. Whether whether it was thought, you know, the theme behind the music, or whether one song musically segued into another. Right. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of ways to do something like that. But it was pretty creative. Yeah, I like the idea of uh, you know getting a focus you know, and trying to get a message across, but, you know, how many times do we hear a song that sounds so much like another song? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I do that a lot, and I'm thinking, gosh, those two would go together so well. <laughs> you know, it's like <clears throat> like uh, the most recent episode, number 15 of Tales Vinyl Tells that I just put out, I did like four Who songs together, and two of them that were back to back, were, there was first Pinball Wizard, you know, it's that, that strumming, that do 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 do. And then I'm played, I, I'm free after that. And it does that same thing at the end that I was thinking, gosh, if I had really paid attention to it, I could have put I'm free first and then, you know, Pinball Wizard, because it would have flowed, you know, they sounded alike. So, yeah, there was a lot of creativity. Um, you know, so while you were still at Mother, you had Jeff Fox work uh, working there, mm -hmm. and, and did Bill other... Davis came on. Bill Davis came on next. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Were there other people that were there uh, while you were there? Oh, I think if Gill came on then too. I remember Gill. Yeah. And uh, I was only there a couple of months. Uh, uh, circumstances dictated that uh, I look for something else. Yeah, yeah, stuff happens. If I was living in Colorado uh, then, and, and Colorado was now, uh, you know, things would be different. But, uh, yeah, but they, but they weren't, and and there was a, a really unethical sheriff who was in charge of things in uh, in the county at that time. Um, yeah, but you know, I mean, it was a very. Um, it, it was a time of a great upheaval, you know, 1970. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was uh, uh, protests in the streets, and you know, the Vietnam War going on, and uh, was it Kent State in nineteen? Kent State happened while we were on the air. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Pretty, pretty crazy time. But um, and uh, Bill Davis and I were talking about it. <clears throat> were you there when the FBI was hiding in the bushes, taking pictures of us on the front no, porch? No, no. Oh, I'm yeah. Glad I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently, and, and a Limestone Lounge article, for anybody who is, um, you know, just interested in the history of a truly amazing radio station, I mean, 
if, if those of us who were part of it, of course, were very biased, you know. Yeah. But um, it was truly amazing and maybe ahead of its time. Um, the Limestone Lounge thread is terrific because you do hear from Kerry uh, Bogard, Mike, um, Bill Davis. Um, I've posted. Bill Davis has got a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. And yeah. There are even pictures of people. Right, right. But the, uh, it's, it's, if, you, if you just Google WMUM FM Palm Beach, it should come up as one of the uh, choices that you have as a limestone lounge, mm -hmm. uh, what you want to click on. Yeah, it was a transformational time. And uh, the interview with Bill Davis told so much about what went on in, in Motherland during, during its time. Here's a song Dickie Betts wrote from the second album, uh, In Memory of Elizabeth Reed.
How do you know when there's a new Tales Vinyl Tells episode ready for you? Well, you could join the Tales Vinyl Tells Album Club on Facebook, or you could email me at talesvinyltells at gmail.com, or call and leave a message at 615-581-7682. This is Tales Vinyl Tells. Election time is here in 2020 and your vote counts, so be sure you're registered and that your contact information on file is correct. In Tennessee, you can still register to vote until October 7th and you can request your mail-in ballot now until October 27th. To see if you qualify for a mail-in ballot, go to GoVoteTN.com. Early voting starts October 14th. My friend Robert, who lives outside Nashville, reminded me to remind you to be sure to put the correct postage on your ballot return envelope, and that postage may vary state by state. Get them in the mail as soon as possible to avoid any delays, because some people would like to delay your vote. So make sure you follow all the instructions, and then your vote will count. Check with your county board of elections or election commission or get on the internet and go to vote.org. And if you want to see what's on the upcoming general election, November 3rd, search 2020 sample ballot and enter your county and state. That's for everybody. Use your voice, your vote, and make a good choice because your vote does count. And we celebrate today the passing of the 19th Amendment to the Constitution, allowing women the right to vote. Too bad there's so much suppression trying to keep them from voting. Well, let's get back to hear more, more tales, vinyl tales. Keeper 
King Crimson with Greg Lake singing lead from 1969 
and from an expanded edition of In the Court of the Crimson King, along with Return of the Fire Witch and Dance of the Puppets. Sounds pretty psychedelic, right? Well, the band said they didn't do psychedelics at that time. Oh, the tales that a vinyl record tells can take you places you've never been before. So let's go there with Mike Zire and me. So when you left um, Mother, what did you go do? I uh, joined the Air Force. That's a good and move. Was, uh, well, Jack Zeman helped me make a decision. You know, I, was, I was on the verge of getting drafted and had contemplated Canada. I decided uh, I didn't want that. And Jack had been in the Army, uh, but he uh, was stationed at an Air Force base. And he said, uh, you know, the living conditions there were so much better than the army and what the, you know possibly could happen to me getting drafted. That mm-hmm. uh, four years in the Air Force is much better than two years in the army. So uh, I did that, and it turned out that uh, with my background, they decided that I could work in a hospital. Mm-hmm. So I just, uh, ended up working administratively in a hospital, and that was a, a nice, quiet job, and nurses around. You know. So I spent. I spent three years after uh, basic. I went to uh, California, Vandenberg Air Force Base, which is a missile base. And then from there, I went to Thailand for a year, just after the uh, Vietnam War ended. And Va- uh, Vandenberg is where? It's on the west coast. It's on, uh, it's, if you look at California and you go up from Los Angeles and it keeps going out to the west, it's at the furthest point out there. You can fire missiles due south and not go over any land. Hmm. That's one of the reasons it's uh, it's a missile it's base. It's a missile base, yeah. A, Makes sense. Strategic Air Command uh, training base for uh, the guys that uh, would sit in the uh, missile silos out in the Midwest, waiting for the, you know two guys in a missile silo, each with a key, waiting for the command to turn the keys and launch missiles. Hmm. And that's where they trained. So you did how many years in the uh, Air Force? Uh, just just under four, because when I left Thailand, I still had two months left, and so they didn't reassign me. They just let me turn me free, since I wasn't enlisted. So they the the Air Force put you in Thailand, and and you did go back to school, right? When you uh, came back to the back, states, went back to school after that, got a degree in accounting, and uh, ended up because of that medical background, uh, uh, ended up working in uh, managing positions. It was not a it had its ups and downs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> challenging, put it that way. But you, get, but you got yourself a real job. Um, yeah, it was steady work. Isn't and it? I worked, uh, we moved up to uh, uh, Baltimore. Uh, it's been about 12 years there, and I was the uh, uh, CFO for the medical group there of about uh, 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 19 different groups. I was with the Umbrella Corporation, which... Uh, it was tied in with the medical school. Are you retired now? Yes, I am. And you're I'm on the really you're on the west coast of Florida. Yeah. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting, I'm sitting here uh, uh, on my eye looking at the pool out of the lake <laughs> with our butterfly garden. Oh, very nice. Is it? It's as I recall. I haven't been in Florida for summertime. We were there actually last summer for a couple of weeks and. It actually was a little bit cooler than it than it was at that time here in Nashville, but um, we go go through periods. It's been hot last week. It was it's, it was up in the uh, upper nineties actually during the day, but uh, 
it's dropped back to normal during the summer is low 90s during the day mm-hmm. and at night it's probably high 70s mm-hmm. uh, and then humidity is always a factor that's the worst part but today's not too bad yeah yeah humidity humidity is a constant yeah well i was just going to ask you um as we as we move on so we know about the two songs that you started mother out with and you know something in the air and revolution i think those are perfect um at that time uh you were i'm sure listening to a lot of the music in the library at mother because that was your job you know to to try to get the best stuff and expose artists on the air uh, I'm finding that the year 1970 especially was such an incredible year for rock music for album rock absolutely Lord I go through my my collection here and a lot of it did come from mother uh, in the the last day uh, but it's just just amazing stuff were you listening to anything in particular in, in in those days or in your youthful days at, you know, Lake Worth High School? Uh, yeah, the song that really, and it probably affected a lot of people, but really affected me having listened to Top 40 was when Dylan released Like a Rolling Stone mm-hmm. and WIRK, which was the Top 40 station in West Palm Beach, played an abbreviated version of three minutes long. Mm-hmm. And I thought, they can't do that, you know? And I realized that there had to be other formats for radio. And they played the whole song, you know? And uh, and so, like, well, like a Rolling Stone, just because of the lyrics that turned me on to Dylan. Yeah. And, you know, you go back and buy the earlier Dylan albums, and, oh, man, you know, it's, uh, he's got something to say. Where have I been? <laughs> it is amazing stuff, for sure. Yeah. So what are you, what are you yeah. listening to now? Uh, what I listen to now is a lot of Grateful Dead. Okay. The uh, concerts. Uh, well, I've been to see the Dead in Atlanta a couple of years ago. I've got uh, my favorite one of my favorite bands is uh, uh, well, derivative from the Allman Brothers would be uh, Trucks yeah, Tedeschi. Yeah. Susan Tedeschi. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. Tickets for them in September here. I still have tickets for the Lockin concert, but I'm not sure that I really uh, want to go now with the COVID uh, crisis. Mm-hmm. I'm just enjoying life right now. You know, I got to do a lot of bike riding because uh, that's good exercise. Mm-hmm. You got some riding paths over there, trails. Yeah, uh, uh, the, I'm not too far from Sanibel Island. Oh, and, nice! And I can, you know, it's like eight miles, and I'm over the causeway. Mm-hmm. And Sanibel is just a fantastic place to, you know, it's made for bike riding. They've got bike paths and everything, and especially when it's off season, it's. I just find it. It is about. I'm not living in the past, but I am definitely reliving it. Um, yeah. You know, because we we've all had very unique journeys, and. God, 50 years, we can do a lot of damage in that period of time. <laughs> and in some cases, or, I have. Or, or make some progress. Yeah, you know, well, right. I, don't, I thought our generation would make better progress than what it has. And it's, uh, I, I don't see it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. Well, maybe, you know, maybe we're the ones that really started the revolution, and maybe our children and grandchildren will keep working for progress, but you know there is a lot of work still to do. We're not we're not there yet for sure. No, 
that's for sure. Oh, gosh. Well, well, Mike, I really appreciate your time. I'm glad you wanted to do this with me. Well, this has been quite an adventure through, uh, through another set of eyes. Uh, you were truly, you called yourself the midwife. I like that. Yeah, the, the, that, was, yeah <laughs> that, that blog. I figured, Kerry called himself father, and I don't have any problem with that. And, uh, but uh, I figured I, I helped deliver uh, mother. Yeah, I was just one of the siblings. <laughs> but uh, Mike Zire, thanks so much. It's nice catching up with you again, brother. Good talking to you, Brian. All right, thanks.
jugglers and the clowns when they all did tricks for you. Never understood that it ain't no good. You shouldn't let other people get your kicks for you. You used to ride on a chrome horse with your diplomat who carried on his shoulder. Discover that he really wasn't where it's at. After he took from you everything he could steal. How does it feel? How does it feel? Yes, I also try to play the long cuts from my LPs. And we're telling the tales vinyl tells. And we were chatting with Mike Zire today, the self-named midwife of the incredible WMUM of 1970. Hope you enjoyed the flashback. I'm really glad you've been here with us today. If you have a story, some comments, memories, favorite album, favorite song, favorite artist, I'd love to hear from you. And you can join the Tales Vinyl Tells Album Club if you'll email me at talesvinyltells at gmail.com with the word join. And we'll put you on our email list so you'll be notified when a new episode is up and ready for you. You can also call and leave a message or text join to 615-581-7682. 
and we will not solicit you and we won't share or sell your private info. So join now. These are the tales Vinyl Tells.
mechanical world with spirit available in mono or stereo. I put it in stereo using some effect on it. But as Porky would say, that's all, folks. Thanks for listening today. Episode 18 is now a wrap. 19 will be available soon, hopefully. And just know that you are appreciated, folks. I appreciate our interview guest today, too, Mike Zire. Our final tune today is for Mike. A salute to you especially and to all of you listening. It's Ripple from the Dead. Peace and health to you all. I hope to see you on the next one. Stay well.
lot of classic jams for you today. Glad you stayed with us and hope you loved the show. Join other listeners and we'll let you know when a new episode of Tales Vinyl Tells drops. You can join Tales Vinyl Tells Album Club on Facebook, email us at talesvinyltells at gmail.com or call and leave a message at 615-581-7682. I'm Brian. It's been my blast. Hope you enjoyed it. Catch you next time. Right.